if you will bow your heads with me and let us pray. Are we set? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we magnify and glorify your precious name. Thanking you for this day, another opportunity, Lord God, that we, your children, can gather together as we have to worship you, Lord God, to praise you and to give you, Lord God, what you want, that you may be blessed, that you may be glorified, Lord God, and, and, and not uh, in, in what, just what we want to offer you, Lord God, but that which we can hear from you and then you can receive from us, O oh Lord. So we just thank you right now for, for understanding, Lord God, because understanding, Lord, is everything. We just bless your holy name right now as you speak to us by your word, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. That as we have gathered to this place, it's what you want to speak to us. And Lord, I pray that we, all of us, that our hearts are open and that we receive from you this morning, Lord God. That it may change us. That rearrangement may happen in our lives, Lord God, that we will never be the same. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And all the saints of God say amen. Amen, amen and amen. Glory be to God. We do serve an awesome and a mighty God, my friends. Yes. And it, man, it's the beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. When we can see, first of all, when we can recognize and that we may see the hand of God at work. It's no greater thing in life for us as the children of God, as human beings, than to see the creator, the creator, our creator, the creator of all things, the creator of you and me individually, to see our creator at work, to see the creator's hand alive and at work because there's so much uh, about hum the human part of us, uh, well, we can relate to one another because we can see one another and touch one another in the flesh, but because God is a spirit and he is, uh, you know, not like us, he don't have this bodily form, but he's more real than anything in there. But because we cannot see him or, or maybe touch him with our hands, then he seems so abstract at times. And so for us as the children of the Most High God and for believers, just think about it. You know, it's no greater joy than to be able to see and know for sure within your own heart the, and, and have the evidence of the hand of God at work. Because that's when and the only time that we can really, that we know that he's real. See, it draws us into this place that uh, God ain't just some abstract thing that we talk about and hope in and, 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 you know, and, and try to muster up enough belief to believe in. But that's when then God becomes real to you, my friend. Amen. And so this is what has been testified. And I'm just so thankful to God that each and every day. And, and, and as we continue on this journey, that that's what God is doing. He is continuing to show us his hand, his real hand at work, that we can know him for real, more, know him more than just some abstract thing that we hope uh, is going to come true at the end of all of this, that we can know that we know that we know that God is real, my friend, in there. And he continues to give us evidence of that if we just have an ear to hear, an eye to see, you'll see God's evidence all around. And he speaks to us every single day, as even as we have gathered together on this morning. No, I didn't call up nobody and tell them yesterday or, or even this morning uh, the message, you know, or the title of the message or what the message is going to be about. But God already knows what the message that he wants, and he's been speaking it all morning long. 
He's been speaking it because out of a, the, the love that he's sending forth from heaven to earth. And so if you will, you'll understand what I'm talking about here in just a minute. Matthew chapter 6 is the text that we will be coming from on this morning. Matthew chapter 6 in the text verses is 25 through 39, everybody. Matthew chapter 6 verses 29, I'm sorry, 25 to 34. I'm going to say that one more time. Matthew chapter 6 verses 25-34. And here in the book of Matthew and in the text that we're going to be reading here is this is not a, a, a text that is uncommon or unknown to any of you. As believers, this is a, a text that, that you've heard on many occasions before. I'm sure about it. As this is the, in the book of Matthew chapter 6, what we see is Jesus, you know, this is him early on in his ministry. By this time, he's gathered together the 12 apostles, and he also have many followers at this time. But this is still yet early in his ministry. He's preached to, or ministered that first sermon, the Sermon on the Mount that we all are, are so familiar with. But now he is now yet uh, spending time with his disciples the followers of Christ Jesus, and the Bible refers to this uh, as what he began to teach. So now what we are witnessing here is uh, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, what he began to teach uh, to his followers. And we just want to hum in just on a section that uh, I believe that is relevant today. Uh, and I know that God is, is speaking it. He bear witness uh, with that, through all that was said and testified uh, from early this morning, because we live in a time right now that the peace of God's people is, is yet being challenged, even to the point that the peace of God's people, and you know the peace of God's people, do you know what that is? The peace of God's people is what the peace that he gave. He says that I'll give you peace that uh, passes all understanding, you see, in there, that, that the peace of God comes from him, but it's been challenged. We are living in a time that the peace of God for his children is being challenged to the utmost, even to the point that many uh, the, uh, uh, have their peace have been stolen or lost. Or giving away, however you want to, uh, to look at that. But the peace that God, I'm talking about the children of God now, my friends. Because here what Jesus was ministering, he was ministering to the, the Jewish people. And he was ministering to his followers in there. And we pick up in verse 25 and look what he says. He says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, he says, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his statue? And then verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet, I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, come on somebody, hear what thus saith the Lord, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you, of little faith. And then verse 34, it says, I mean 31, it says, therefore, do not worry 
saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. I heard somebody say that this morning. That God knows what we need. But rather, he says in verse 33, rather than worry and do all of these things, it says in verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, somebody say therefore, do not worry about, excuse me, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient is the day, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I'd like to uh, come to you or, or give you a thought of, or from today, you know, that probably is a little bit different than we've heard this passage of scripture ministered because I think that God is really wanting to minister to us from a, a different place in there. So for the title of the message, it's don't, it's simply don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. And the title of the message ain't, uh, in, uh, is not linked to uh, the saying of the world. That, uh, you know, there's a, world, a saying that the world says, don't worry, be happy. See, no, the title of the message is not linked to the saying of the world, but it's linked to the word of God. And it's simply, don't worry, my friends. Because when God is, God is calling us to a place that has been mentioned already as, uh, as well, and that's a place to fully trust in him. You know, we live in a time that, again, that worry uh, causes, you know, worry uh, uh, is a direct cause or a direct link to stress. And do you, I, I think I heard somebody uh, say or, or that they say that stress is one of the leading causes of death in the world today. You know, more than murder, more than even cancer, more than AIDS and many other diseases, that stress is, is one of the leading causes of death in the time that we live in. And, and matter of fact, uh, I believe that I heard it was said that stress is, is killing people at a higher rate because yes, it leads you know, to uh, heart attacks and strokes and all of these different things, but the underlying thing there is stress in there. And I believe that I, uh, I understand that, that in this time that we live in now, that, that stress is causing all of these things more than it ever has in the history of mankind. So we are living in the time that, my friend, that we as believers now, specifically to those of us of the church, it's time for us to take heed to what the word of God says. And it says, do not worry, my friend. Three times in this text, Jesus uh, tells us to do not worry. He says it in verse 25 when he says, do not worry about your life. He also says it in verse 31 when he says, do not worry about uh, or, or, or what you should eat. Or, and, and then he says it again, I'm sorry, in, th in verse 34, he says, do not worry about tomorrow. Yes. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you should eat or what you should drink, but and do not worry about tomorrow. Real quick, my friends, what we want to do is we want to look at five different things in this text. Five different points of why we should not worry. Number one, the number one reason why we should not worry, my friends, is that worry is inconsistent. 
And, and this is expressed in verse 25. If you take a note, write that down. Worry is inconsistent. There's nothing consistent about worry. If we can trust God, Jesus to provide us with our lives, can you trust Jesus to provide you with your life now and eternal? Yes, we can. See, many of us believe in Jesus and our hope is set on the fact that when he comes again, that he's going to take us into eternal life. Do you believe that? Yeah, I'm talking to the right audience then. And the funny thing about it is if we can believe Jesus to take us into eternity when this is all said and done, can we not also trust him? with our daily needs. See, worry is inconsistent, even to the point where it doesn't even make sense. When you look at the word worry from, the, uh, from a biblical standpoint and even more from a, a, a Greek definition, the word worry means to, you know, from the Greek and, and in context here, it means to divide, to tear, to rip apart, to pull in opposite directions. So to be anxious, according to scripture, is to be torn apart by circumstances. See, that's what anxiety does. It actually puts you in betwixt two uh, uh, your, uh, circumstances that put you between two uh, uh Two mindsets, one that is pulling you in this direction and one that's pulling you in another direction. Thus, therefore, uh, we see worry or anxiety. Uh, it, it would be another way of referring to that. But understand this. While the Bible is very clear about our worrying and, and anxiety, you know, there is a place for the people of God. To, you know, and I don't want somebody to get, don't get caught up here, but understand there's a difference between worry and anxiety and, the, and what we would refer to as concerns. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I ain't saying this for somebody to find a way out because uh, if you don't understand the truth, then you'll call it concerns and you'll be wrapped up in worry and anxiety, my friend. That's not the point here. Yeah, you know, and, and, and here's the, the, the thing about it when you, and how you can distinguish the difference. See, because uh, the word of God for the people of God, yes, it, it, it makes a way for uh, concerns. I guess God knew, because as God has concerns, and I heard somebody say that, that God is concerned about things of our life. So God understands and must have known that we would have some concerns in this life. But the difference between concerns and worry and anxiety, see, concerns he addressed. But when he says that cast your cares upon me or lay your burdens in Psalms 55, if you go there real quick with me, I believe it's Psalms 55, 22. Psalms 55, 22 real, real quick says this, cast your burdens on the Lord. And he shall sustain you. Never permit the righteous to be moved. The NIV version says it like this cast your cares on the Lord. Cast your cares. Cast your cares. And another word for cares here in this instance is cast your concerns on the Lord. See, he didn't say cast your worries on the Lord or cast your anxieties on the Lord because as the children of God, we are not to worry. He said, no, don't worry. Don't be anxious. The Bible says be anxious for nothing. Hallelujah. But he says your concerns, give them to me, cast them on me. He didn't say cast your worries on me because we, as we don't supposed to have worries. It's not designed for the people of God to walk in worry or anxiety. He says don't have that. But he did recognize, so can you see the difference? He, in, the, in what I'm saying to you, my friend, there is a difference and there is a, a line that we have to understand and to draw from worrying and concern. See, because our concerns, he's given us a way out. Psalm 55, 22, when he says cash 
your concerns on me. And he will sustain you, and he will never let the righteous be shaken or be moved. So there's a proper place for our concerns. Come on, somebody. Just don't, we just can't get them, the two mixed up or confused. So the first thing of the five that we want to talk about or why we should not worry is worry is inconsistent. It will, if we trust God, then there's no place for worry. How can we trust God with eternal life and cannot believe him for our daily bread? It just doesn't sound, it doesn't even make sense. It's inconsistent. Number two, worry is irrational. Worry is not only inconsistent, my friend, but worry is irrational. What do you mean, Pastor John? What I mean is if our Lord cares for the birds, will he not also care for us since we are more valuable than the birds is verse, what verse 26 is, says here. It's not even rational for us to think that we being more valuable to God, come on somebody, and know according to his word that he cares for the birds enough that he is taking care of the birds as it says in verse 26. Look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns yet the heavenly father feeds them are you not more valuable than they? Yes, this is Jesus telling them the people of God that we are more valuable than the birds, but yet we, see, this is why what I'm saying, worry is in, irrational, my friend. It doesn't even make sense. For the God that we believe in, and we can clearly see that he is feeding the birds that don't even they can't, they don't work, they don't sow no seed, they don't do nothing. But we being more valuable uh, than they to, to God, how is it that we're worrying about him feeding us? Jesus. Worry is irrational, my friend. Do you know what, he, uh, you know, I'm being nice by saying irrational. See, because there are some other words that we can uh, put uh, in that place that uh, may touch a little bit deeper. But, you know, I want to be nice on this morning and just say to you, my friends, that these are five reasons that why we are not to worry and worry not be in our lives. One, that is inconsistent. You know, and secondly, that is irrational. Number three, worry is ineffective. Who among us can add one cubit, is verse 27 says, to the statue or to our statue by worrying. Worry is ineffective. It can't get the job done. You, it, it, you can't add nothing to your life by worrying. <laughs> this would be appropriate time for me to tell you this. There are some facts about worry that's known even to the natural man. It says 40% of the things people worry about never happen. 40% of the things that people worry about never happen. That's 40%. So that gives us, that leaves us with how much of a percentage? We got 60 left. Well, we're gonna, let's take another big chunk off of uh, that 60 because half of that, which is 30%, 30% of our worries are related to past matters which are not, are now beyond our control. 30% of our worries are related to things that had already happened in the past, which are out of our control. You can't do nothing about it anyway at this point. So we have 40% of, uh, of the things that we worry about don't ever happen. 
30% are things that already done happened that you ain't got no control of anyway. And then 12% of our worries have to do with our health, even when we are not actually ill. 12% of the things that we worry about has to do with our health, even when we are not actually ill. Do you know people uh, you know, have symptoms of things and they begin to worry about because they've seen this happen before and, and Cousin Joe and, 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 and Uncle Sally Sue you know, in there and because my knee is hurting, then I think that I got cancer in my knee all of a sudden. And we and began to worry to the utmost. Let me make that more real. You know, I know that, my, my, that, that so-and-so died from a heart attack and, 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 and sister is, we got to go visit this afternoon, is in the hospital from, you know, heart problems. And, and I remember them saying that, oh, this is a symptom that you, you get chest pains, you get nausea, you start sweating. You know, in there, well, I sweat all day, every day. But every time I get a little hot and start sweating, then I'm worried, am I about to have a heart attack? You know, I, I start getting a little chest pains because I ate something that I shouldn't have ate is what the real deal is. You know, but I forgot about that. That was last night. You know, in there, and, and so I got a lot of gas built up, and my, my back is hurting, you know, and I'm getting chest pains, and I think, oh, I must be having a heart attack. So then I start sweating, and then that just gives me even more of an inclination that I'm having a heart attack, and all you need to do is get you some gas sex, my friend. Hallelujah. But we began to worry about things that our uh, uh, health situations, and we ain't even ill, actually. And then it says 10% of our worries are, are about friends and neighbors and are not based on evidence or fact. 10% of our worry are about friends and neighbors or other people and are actually not even based on facts or evidence even for that matter. And so we soon find out that, oh, what you were so concerned about or worried about never came to fruition because it never had any substance to it anyway. Come on, is anybody bearing witness to what is being said here? Because we worry about so many different things, my friends. And much of what we worry about it has no validity. Matter of fact, I would venture to say as the children of God, none of what we worry about has no validity. And only for, even to the simplest fact that God is in control of all things anyway. And last, so that leaves us with 8%. And what is this last 8%? Only 8% of our worries, here it is, uh, it leaves us with 8%. That means we didn't use up 92%. Is that correct? Now, the only 8% of our worries have some basis in reality, which means that there is over 90% of the things that we worry about never happens. 90, over 90% of the things that we worry about never happens, my friends. And it's just interesting because with this information in mind, you know, can, I want you to picture this. Picture a Christian's prayer life. Because the truth of the matter and the real reality is, is in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, the Bible, the Word of God, tells us to do not worry or do not be anxious or worry about anything. Actually, let me read it in the New King James Version first. This is Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. What does it say? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. These are scriptures we didn't heard before. <clears throat> let me read that one more time. It says, be anxious for nothing, 
Can you hear me? But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. The Amplified uh, Version reads it like this. Be, do not be anxious or worry about anything, but in everything, meaning every circumstances or situations, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known unto God. So more than worrying or being anxious about anything, God says pray about everything. See, because when we begin to pray about everything, then you will be anxious about nothing. See, prayer just does that. Prayer, uh, you know, it, it, it alleviates anxiousness or anxiety and worry. You know, the opposite of worry, do you know what the opposite of worry is? The opposite of worry is peace, my friends. I ain't trying to trick you. The opposite of worry is peace. And so he says, be anxious for nothing. Yeah, and don't worry about nothing, but pray, because when you pray, guess what happens? Peace comes, my friend. Yeah. The peace that flows like a river. Yes, that peace that passes all understanding. No, it ain't nothing changed about what you was worried about, or ain't nothing changed about the circumstances or the situation. The thing that has changed is your mind has changed, your inner man has changed, your soul has changed. Because when we pray, then we, it puts us in connection through the Holy Spirit to God. And so our minds begin to renew. So instead of us thinking like uh, us, which is think, stinking thinking, I heard somebody say, we begin to have the mind of Christ and begin to think like God. We begin to hear what thus saith the Lord. We begin to align ourselves with what God says. And this is why this is important, my friends. And this ain't nothing that we can pass by or just let go by us. This is a part of our lives, and it has to come forth now. Because yet again, you heard the statistics, man, people are dying. You know, yeah, they'll call it heart disease. They'll call it uh, strokes. But all of this stuff has a connection that's directly connected and rooted and grounded in stress, my friends, that comes directly from worry. That comes directly from worry. That comes directly from, from worrying about 90% of stuff that we don't have no control of and that will never happen anyway. Do you see what this is? That this is a trick from the enemy from way back that is sent out just what John, what the Bible tells us in the book of John, that he, that he came as a thief, and he comes to kill and steal, kill, uh, kill and steal and what? Destroy. This is a trick from way back to, for destruction. It's sent to destruct and to destroy the hearts of man and the relationship that we have with God. It's sent to destroy for us to walk in defeat when we have, when we own victory. Because victory belongs to Jesus and we are in Jesus Christ. So picture this. The Christian prayer life being like three circles. Picture our prayer life being like that, composed of three circles. The first one is the circle of worry, in which the word nothing is written in. I should have brought my board out. That's all right. Nothing. Here's one, a circle of nothing. Excuse me, of worry. The, the, this circle is called worry, but inside of it, we, it's, it's the word nothing is written in it. And then the second, why is the word worry written in it? Let me say it like this, because the Bible says be anxious for nothing. So this circle of worry, we wrote nothing in because we're going to be anxious 
for nothing. The second of the uh, Bible, uh, the prayer circles, the second one is with the word, excuse me, the second uh, circle itself is uh, the prayer circle. And in the prayer circle, the word everything is written in it. See, we have the, the first circle that is a circle of worry that, it ha that we read nothing in. Why? Because we are to be anxious about nothing. The second circle then is the, our prayer circle, and it has everything, the word everything written in this. Why? Because the word of God tells us to pray about everything. Hallelujah. And in praying about everything, let your prayer be made known unto God. The third is the, the circle then, and only then, of thanksgiving. See, this is the third circle of thanksgiving. And with uh, the word uh, written in, in the circle of thanksgiving is anything. Anything is written in it because the Bible says, be thankful for anything. Hallelujah. Anything. We ought to be thankful for anything and everything. Come on, somebody. Because we serve a God that is able. And this, we serve a God that we got to get to know in such a way that we can really begin to trust him. Because the only, the opposite of us being able to, to, to alleviate ourselves from worry, which the Bible says very clearly, Jesus mentioned it to his people how many times? Three times in the text. Do not worry. That's a straight command from God. So more than us knowing the five things of why we should not worry, which we're going to finish right now, we got to know that this is a direct command from God. And before we, anything in our lives can get to the stage called worry, it has to already have crossed the stage of concern. And if we did what the Bible tells us to do with concerns, it could never get to worry. Why? Because he said it and we, we just read it. What he says, cast your cares, cast your concerns on me, the Lord says. For I care for you. Because I am the one that will stay, sustain you. I will never let the righteous be moved. See, if we give God what he told us to give him, then that is what protects us from our movement, our shaking, our wavering in our faith, in our trust. But you're not going to trust God if you wait, if you worry him because it's, the two is contrary to one another and it's impossible. So God has given us the tools that we need. So look at this. Not only is worry ineffective, number four, worry is illogical. There's another word I can use for that one as well. But I'm going to be nice. Worry is illogical for those of us as believers. It's crazy. It's crazy. See, in verse 26, now we back in Matthew, verses 28, I'm sorry, through 30. If God can clothe the lilies of the field, can he not also clothe us? It's illogical. It's crazy to think that God will, can clothe the lilies of the field. And they can't even move to get dressed. But God can do it from way, right he, where he is. It is crazy for us to believe, to know that and not, and not be, to know that God is able to clothe us. Come on, somebody. It's ridiculous when you think about it. And finally, number five. Worry is ill or irreligious. It ain't even who we are. We, we are of the sheepfold. We are the, the religious. And I ain't talking about religious in the modern day term. 
But I'm talking about we are the children of the Most High God. We are the chosen people. In verse 31 and verse 32 of chapter 6, it says, When we worry, we act just like those who do not know God. In this case, also known as and referred to as the Gentiles. Look at verse 31 and verse 32 here again. In verse 31, it says, do not worry, saying, what shall you eat? Or what shall you drink? Or what shall you wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles here is a, a, a reference to non-believers, those that do not know God. And what they seek is natural things. What they should eat, what they should wear. What they, what they, they, so their concerns that turns even into worries is uh, their daily distribution. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it is not of our religion. Come on, somebody. It is irreligious for us to worry because we are making ourselves out just as the Gentiles. And we all Gentiles by nationality, whatever you want to call it, but I ain't talking about that. This here is talking about a difference between those that are of the kingdom and those that are not. It's a reference to those that are outside of the kingdom of God. And for those of us, which is you and me, that are inside of the kingdom. Why are we inside the, the, the kingdom? Because of Christ Jesus. We have entered into the holy of holies because of Christ. And when Christ takes us in, then you didn't get in on your own volition. You can't even come in on your own way. You have to be carried or escorted into this place. See, some of us understand that even from a natural uh, perspective, because there's some places you can't get in unless you got an escort or a pass, some permission, some uh, formal uh, permission to get in. You try to go up there knocking on the door of the White House, talking about I'm here to visit Donald Trump. Let's see how fast you get in there to the Oval Office. You're going to go, you, come on somebody. See, some of us know even from trying to, back in the day, trying to get into the, the mainstream or the top clubs, you know, when we was 21 years old, that uh, some of we, we couldn't even get in there without some permission or being escorted. See, I'm talking to somebody now. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. So the world even knows that there's places that one cannot go without having an escort, my friends. And so for those of us that are in Christ Jesus, that are in the kingdom or of the kingdom, we have been escorted. It ain't something that you can just do on your own. You can't even buy. You ain't got enough money to pay for this. This is something that you have to have a special, a special uh, permission, special. You have to have the right number, the combination. You got to have the right pin number. You got to have the right, 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 right. Bottom line. Can I get a witness? Amen. That's what it's all about. So the truth of the matter is, is that worry is irreligious. It's not even of who we are. It's of those that are outside of the kingdom. So understand this, my friend, as we get ready to close. To avoid worrying, we need a system of priorities. Hear what thus saith the Lord. So now that we can clearly see that for each and every one of us, and, and, and when I say clearly see because the word is spoken to us, we can clearly see the dividing line between worry, concern, or whatever else you want to call it, my friends. And we can see truly what God is saying, that worrying is not of the kingdom. We can truly see what he's saying, do not worry. It's a direct command that this is something that, it's just like do not lie, do not steal, do not kill. It's a direct command from the Lord. 
But many of us, while we won't dare steal a penny off the ground, let alone you know, a, a, a dollar out of the cash register, we ain't gonna steal nothing. Some of us know for sure that I ain't finna murder nobody. I ain't finna kill nobody. I ain't, and some of us that even got to the point where we, 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 we religious, conscious, uh, consciously religious enough that we even watch how many lies that we tell. But how many of us, the same group of people, are conscious about the percentage of time that we worry that is totally and directly against the will of God. See, we don't think about these things, but God is here to challenge us on this morning and to charge us, my friend, that is not of me and, and, I, and, and, and not only that is the, uh, not of him, that is, that's, that's the smallest on the Richter scale for God. He, he loves you enough that he knows how much damage it would do to you. He can, even you worrying 100% is not going, you know, God is God and, and he don't have to be affected by that. But because he loves you so much, he's concerned about what's, how you're going to be affected. So this is why he says, no, do not worry. Do not worry, my friends. And so we have to have a, the system in place is an understanding. We, got to, you got, we just got to systematically, we got to know, well, how can I overcome worrying? I've been doing it uh, just academically, automatically, without even thoughts to it all of my life. So how can now I begin to address this that I may overcome it? I'm glad that you asked because he gives us the answer right here in the text. We need a system of priorities, and that system of priorities start with verse, just what verse 33 says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, we also, along with the priority, so the priority is to seek the kingdom of God, my friends. That's the first order of business of overcoming stress, is seeking the kingdom. And how do we seek the kingdom of God? We start by just what he said in Philippians chapter 4, we start by praying. Before it even comes to a, a, a worry, that even when it, it, it shows his ugly head as a concern. See, many of us will ignore our concerns because we're so tied up by our worries. We got to get rid of our worries so we can focus on our concerns. And in focusing on our concerns, then we can just uh, every day be casting them on the Lord. That they never become worries, my friends. Casting our concerns on the Lord. And, and how do we do that? Through prayer, my friends. The prayer that, 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 that leads to this. Uh, by praying about everything. See, some, this is the problem. We got to learn how to pray about everything. We got to learn. And prayer requires uh, us sitting before the Lord. And prayer ain't just us talking you know, prayer is communication. You've heard me say this many times before. So in communicating with God and praying with, to the Father, then we have to uh, make our request be made known. Lord, I'm concerned about this. And then guess what you got to do? is uh, in, in communication, once you speak, then you got to shut up and listen for a little while. So we got to learn how to pray right. And prayer is communication with God. And I'm serious about this, my friend. If you want to uh, have long life that God has given you, if you want to be an effective uh, vessel, useful in the uh, kingdom, then we, this is vital, my friends. And it's been ignored for far too long. And it's done, done some damage to some of us that is older, uh, damage that's irrevocable. Uh, Meaning that it's almost impossible. It would take a miracle from heaven to turn around on the inside of our bodies because we didn't wore it out with all of this stuff. 
So this is a valuable message to the young folks and to you and me, no matter how old we are, because it ain't no, no greater day to start it than today. Hallelujah. And for some of us, God has given this message because this may be the very thing that's going to save your life. Because some of us is going through uh, some all kinds of uh, problems health-wise. And much of it, we asking the doctors or complaining about the doctors, oh, they sending me this and they saying this. They don't know what they talk about. They can't find out what's wrong with you. God is already telling you what's wrong with you. Quit worrying about stuff that you can't, you don't have no control of. Quit worrying, period. Man, boy, I feel some healing coming on. And the doctors didn't do it. And I ain't got no, uh, I didn't go to eight years or ten years of med school to get it. But God has given us the answer. In the moment of time, my friend, it's time for us to stop worrying. And we're going to do that by seeking the kingdom that comes through prayer first and foremost. We also need a strategy program. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will, uh, will take care, of its own, it'll have its own worries. So the strategy, my friend, starts with us understanding that this is about today. <clears throat> that this is a one day at a time event. Because much of our worries is a concern about tomorrow. Today is the day. Why? See, because we, what this is really leading to is leading to us to the place that Romans chapter 12 talks about about a renewed mind. See, because it's going to take a renewed mind to get off of this monkey business, to get off of this roller coaster that we've been on. To truly, because we didn't heard it saying all, you know, one day at a time, we didn't heard all of these sayings about that. But as a child of the Most High God, we, you know, the Bible says that the wisdom of God it's like foolishness to, to the world. See, that which God uses and, and that's wise in the kingdom is, is foolishness to man. And so it's going to take a renewed mind because it's foolish because, you know, we've been taught all of our lives uh, either directly or indirectly to let, uh, about tomorrow, that we got to be concerned or thinking about tomorrow. Well, the Word of God says the opposite of that. It says don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus said don't worry about tomorrow. And why? See, he's saying he can say don't worry about tomorrow because when we are the children of the Most High God, first and foremost, we ain't promised tomorrow. We all know that. Secondly, most likely all of us is going to see tomorrow. We all hope that. But the reality is, is that God and God alone is the only one that has tomorrow. And because we are the children of the Most High God, we are the children of the one who owns tomorrow, we don't have to worry about tomorrow. That now we can truly allow our hearts and our minds to be renewed to just take what the Word of God is saying, that we don't have to worry about tomorrow. Why? Not because tomorrow might not come, because, but because the owner of tomorrow is my father. See, that's the key. 
That's why you don't have to worry about tomorrow, my friend. Because the one that you belong to owns tomorrow. He holds, even as a little child, I remember we learned, he, uh, what's the song, how it go? Uh, he, he holds the whole world in his hands. He holds the whole wide world in his hands. See, we, we learned at a, at a young age to know that how big God is. And that he's able, to, and he holds the whole world in his hands. This is the God that we serve. This is the, our Father. And just as he holds the whole world in his hands, he owns tomorrow. He, and, 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 and he, he has given us over and over again in his word so many promises. See, we want to hold on to promises that edify our flesh. Let us hold on to the promise that, that will build up your spiritual man. Come on, somebody. So when he says that I will never leave you nor forsake you, we're talking about the, the one that holds the whole world in his hands. When he says that my thoughts of you, uh, for you are good, hallelujah. See, when he says that I give to you my, my peace, hallelujah. Let us hold on to these truths that will build up our inner man, strengthen our soul, and allow our minds to be renewed. Yes. That we don't have to worry. That we won't worry. But what we'll do is we'll trust in the Lord. I will. See, in this now I understand what my grandma and them used to, was, was singing night and day. I will trust in the Lord. See, they used to, and they sing it hard too. I will trust in the Lord. They call him the Lord. Come on, somebody. It gives me chills to even think about it because I know what she had been through. This is my great-grandmother that was born in the 1800s, my friend. Yes. And through all of the slavery, the, the, the uh, depression and, and the oppression, the prejudice and all of that, she knew that I, my trust is in the Lord. And she lived to be over 100 years old, I believe. And be, why? Because she did not worry about tomorrow. It's time, my friends. The statistics we gave you, 40%, 30%, these are real things, my friend, and we are really living in them. You just have to apply the truth to your life right now, and, and you know yourself. God has shown us a, a sense of some of these truths that there was things that we worried about that never even came to pass. There's times that I've been worried about, oh, am I, yo, am, am, uh, yo, how, uh, am I, do I got some, uh, what do you call a fatal disease? And ain't did needed nothing but a, a, yo. You already know. Go sit on the toilet or something. You all right? But at the thought that, that the enemy will cast is boy, you man, you don't know what you got, and it will take you there, my friends. God is saying today. This is a serious thing, and he wants to free us and release us and deliver us from it. The truth will set you free. So for each and every one of us here today and everyone that may see this message even later, my friends, the spirit of the living God is saying that he has set us free from the spirit of worry. That through the blood of Christ Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, that he has overcome worry and stress in our lives. It just takes us a re allowing his spirit to renew our minds, that our heart and our soul may align with his truth. And so more than worry, 
we're not going to worry. We're going to pray. More than worry, we won't give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Let us give him praise right there. We are going to give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good. For he is good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Will you thank him more than worry? Will you pray about everything? Glory be to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we magnify and glorify your precious name, thanking you, Lord, for you are awesome and a mighty God, one that is here to, to, to deliver unto us the truth that sets us free, Lord God. And I pray that we, your children, your people, Lord God, have heard your voice on today that, that no more will worry that leads to stress and anxiety have a place in our lives, Lord God. But that we'll take our concerns before they even manifest to anything more and we'll do just as you requested. We will cast our care. We will cast our concerns on you, O oh Lord as you will, according to your word, sustain us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen.